Welcome to the Geniuses of Copywriting Podcast, a peek into the minds and strategies of the world's greatest copywriters, marketers, and persuasion experts. And now, here's your host, Brian Cassangina. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Geniuses of Copywriting Podcast. It's my honor and privilege today to, to kept, finally catch up with the guy who I've been trying to get on this show for uh, you know, some time now. Um, so thanks for coming on, Chris. I really appreciate you uh, uh, coming on the show. I've sort of been trying to get in touch with you at various points over the years. I even saw you walk through a, a corridor at TNC, but we never actually met up. Yeah, you know, TNC was overwhelming this year. Oh, my God, yeah. I, I remember actually at the end of it, somebody... I was you somebody else like texted me and said, Oh, Chris, I just saw you walk by. Come get a drink with us. And I was like, dude, it's been four days. <laughs> several gallons of alcohol poured down yeah. my throat by people I know and love. I don't think I can do that right now. <laughs> uh, yeah, but sorry about the uh, the massive delay eventually doing this. I think you probably know my life went through a variety of crazy twists and turns over the last uh, five or six years or so. So yeah, I've heard about some nice of them. to finally be back in the saddle and getting work done and feeling intelligent like myself again. Um, I will say copywriting saved my life because that's cool. You know, if I w- if I didn't have the whole copy marketing thing uh, in my uh, in my in my quiver there, I would have. Uh, I think I'd be broke and or dead right now. So hey, marketing. interesting. How does that work? Well, because uh, so the really short version is, you know what, 10, 10 years or so ago, um, I'm assuming people that are listening to this might know my name or something at this point. Yeah, so if yeah. you need to go back more, let me know. So uh, I kind of transferred over from being a uh, direct response freelance copywriter where I was making a few hundred thousand dollars a year writing for guys like Jeff Walker and Jeff Paul and a bunch of other people named Jeff and people not named yeah. Jeff. Uh, and then I switched over to doing my relationship advice stuff, my Michael Fury uh, business thing, digital romance, where I started creating products that were in the relationship advice space, like text the romance back and text your ex back and some other ones. And I went on the Rachel ratio and stuff like that. But um, while all that was going on, when I went did that crazy trip from being a freelance copywriter to being an entrepreneur and a business owner, which by the way is better and you make a lot more money yeah. um, and you don't have to deal with clients, which is also great because clients <laughs> suck, as John Carlton would say. <laughs> but um, like a year or two into that, you know, I was all of a sudden I was making millions of dollars a year and I was, I was on this incredible ride where I was like speaking at conferences and I was kind of on this trajectory where I was probably going to be Become, uh, well, Michael Fiore might have become kind of famous at that point, which is pretty yeah. interesting because I had other TV things lined up and stuff. And then I got hit really, really hard by uh, Lyme disease, it turns out. So mm-hmm. one day I went to the gym and I wasn't feeling well. And then nine months later, we finally figured out that it was Lyme disease. And that kind of took over my life for about four or five years where I was so sick I could barely get out of bed. I couldn't really think straight. Um, I became very angry all the time. I lost my sense of humor. I probably lost 20 IQ points, uh, married the wrong person, <laughs> all sorts of things kind of went wrong. And uh, if I did not have my you know, money in the bank and money coming in and employees who were working for me, uh, when all of that happened, I do not know what would have happened. If I was still working as a freelance copywriter, when the shit hit the fan, I cannot even conceive of where I'd be right now. And then after all of that happened, you know, I went through all of that stuff and somehow, it's actually funny, my wife was asking me yesterday, she was like, you know, Chris, how did you actually get better from Lyme disease? And my answer generally is I don't know. Because uh, I tried everything. I tried. I, I spent well over a hundred thousand dollars on treatment, going to uh, like a clinic in Florida and all this other kind of stuff. And I don't really know what actually worked, except for getting out of a bad marriage and uh, doing a ton of yoga and fixing my diet up and generally being happier. Mm. But once all that happened, you know, I like got four years ago now. Um, God, it's been so long. 
uh, I kind of started coming out of that and I was like, wow, I'm actually feeling pretty good. I'm, I'm kind of healthy. I was 15 pounds too light, but whatever. And I was like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to get back to it now. I'm this amazing copywriter. People tell me I'm one of the greatest copywriters in the world. They're always blowing smoke up my ass. I'm so amazing. I'm going to get right back into it. I'm going to be running these multi-million dollar launches again. I'm going to, you know, make X millions of dollars this year. And then uh, I couldn't do it. I just found myself kind of like, um, lying on the floor, incredibly stoned, uh, overwhelmed by anxiety and fear and, and different, a, a t very different version of my personality started to come out that was not confident and was not powerful and was not the man that my wife even married, uh, much softer in a lot of ways. And eventually after about two years um, of me not being able to get any work done, and luckily we still had enough money coming in to pay the bills, um, I got to the point that I was uh, kind of thinking about killing myself. And the really short version of the story, because I don't want to go into it too much, I've talked about it before, is that it turns out that I have bipolar two disorder. And so uh, all of those times, I don't know if you've heard these stories, but there are plenty of stories in our industry of me uh, losing my fucking shit on people over the years or just kind of, mm -hmm. being kind of an asshole. And it turns out there's a reason. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. so I got, you know, diagnosed with that about two years ago and got put on meds and it's been two solid years of uh, very slowly, I will say, because um, of course you want these things to be fast when you're coming out of it. You're yeah. like, hey man, yeah, okay, I'm better now. I'm going to do great. But it's taken me a solid two years. It'll be two years in September of getting diagnosed to finally feel um, like myself again, to feel... Hmm intelligent and able to work. I have a new offer that's actually doing really well that we're getting off the ground right now. Uh, but it feels good, but it's been a crazy trip. And, you know, I always tell people, um, well, a couple of things I always tell people. One is like, you know, the, one of the great things about copywriting, of course, is it's a, a skill that doesn't really have an expiration date. You know, I don't see computers taking over writing copy anytime soon. Um, and also the freedom that kind of goes along with it. But I've, I've just kind of tried to focus on being very grateful for the business that I'm in. Because again, if I had had a real job uh, where I was making you know, a decent salary and had to go to work every day, I would have gotten fired from my job. I would have been, my life would have been utterly and absolutely destroyed. So go yeah. entrepreneurship. It's a good thing. Yeah, yeah that, that's exactly what I was thinking. I mean, yeah. you, mentioned, you face challenges that, uh, that most people never face. And, and I, yeah, I, I guess, yeah. But uh, um, Lot, well, just, like, just, to, just to say really quickly, we all have our fucking challenges, right? Like yeah. you talk to anybody, I'm very open about mine and certainly they have been difficult and I, it's taken me a while to kind of get over the trauma of the entire thing. I still, yeah. have, some, I still have a lot of PTSD around Lyme disease. Like when I get, uh, this happened actually two weeks ago, I started feeling really sick for a couple of days and I have to like work really hard not to have a panic attack mm. that, I'm going, that I'm going back into the hell that is, you know, sick world. Sick world is no mm. fun. But I will say, Brian, you know, attaching this to copywriting, um, you know, people ask me, Chris, what makes you a good copywriter? And I think there's a few things that I'm pretty good at in this. But I think the thing that really makes me my copy convert, um, not to be modest, but better than most people, by yeah. a large degree, is the emotion of it and the willingness to take uh, personal trauma and personal um, difficulties and use that, those emotions in the copy. Right. Like it's kind of like uh, method acting, I guess. Like that's kind of what I do is yeah. when I'm writing, you know, my new offer, make, uh, make him worship you. Um, you know, it's aimed at 40 year old women. And I wrote the VSL as a 40 year old woman. And it's so funny because friends of mine who watch it are like, you got a penis. How did you write this? But a lot <laughs> of it is just about sitting there and just kind of, I'm, I'm very in touch with my more like feminine side anyway. I kind of mm. know how that works, but, um, and I'm not afraid of it, which makes it easier. Right. So many guys are like, no man, I don't have a feminine side. What are you talking about? <laughs> And it's like, dude, I've seen the pictures of you in lingerie. It's fine. <laughs> Nobody's freaked out about it. It's 2019. Like, come on. 
Um, but I, yeah, I think a lot of it's just about empathy and about like acknowledging something I say in speeches sometimes is you're not special and that's awesome, right? Because we have this whole idea that we're all special. You're not special. You're just a fucking meat computer human and you have the same software and uh, little buttons in your brain as everyone else does. And the emotions that you feel are the same emotions everybody else feels. So if you can just kind of take your own difficulties and tragedies in your own stories and assume that the people are actually feeling similar things, there's a lot of power in that as far as you're mm -hmm. right. So there you go. I actually made that into a lesson instead of just me bitching about my life. It's great. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's, it's a great lesson. It's a really valuable one for, for anyone who wants to sort of you know, improve the, the way their copy is converting it. And that's something that uh, I slowly started to realize as I watched the, uh, the VSL for that offer make, make yeah. him worship you, you know, yeah. because it was a completely different structure to mm -hmm. the way that I expected a VSL to run, the way that, uh, mm. that I expect via, uh, a copy to read. Uh, mm. It was very different. So but explain, it's explain, explain actually, that's really interesting because I find it very interesting to talk to people who have studied my stuff, right? Because it's a very different yeah. perspective and I'm not really consciously aware of what I'm doing at this point anymore, mm. right? You get to that level of unconscious competence. Yeah. And I know that I write copy differently than most people. Um, and I've, it's actually funny because my wife, Andrew's a copywriter and she was talking to David Garfinkel um, at some point because she was mentoring with him and, and David was a mentor. Oh, cool. David was a mentor of mine years ago. Yeah, yeah. Angie, Angie was like asking David about like, you know, well, where did Chris learn how to do this particular thing that I do, which is not really based on everybody else's copy. And David's like, I have no idea. I, I don't know where he, he didn't learn it from me. He didn't learn it from Carlton. He didn't learn it from Deutsch. Like he just did it. It fucking worked. And nobody knows why. And nobody else can really do it. So... <laughs> But, uh, but yeah, I guess I'm just interested. What do you think is different about it? Is it, a, is it just because I'm not doing the typical big bang yeah. open? Is it because, like, what do you think is really different about it there? Yeah, um, I'm used to um, the world I come from, from, you know, uh, which I'm, I'm mostly writing for personal development and uh, business opportunity, internet marketing, you know, it's, it's a, this typical stuff, you know, you know, head, uh, you know, start off with the headline, they all laughed kind of thing. And then you've got the oh, lead, sure, yeah. you've got the... Yeah. Uh, uh, all the stuff like that, but uh, the way they, 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 they laughed when they laughed when I said I could make five thousand dollars a day by staying home and watching porn. But look at yeah. me now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah so, but uh, um, that's uh, um, what I was really fascinated about. How you came to sort of uh, uh, tell that story as that forty-year-old woman and make that yeah. the the uh, the VSL that is converting so well. So the start, the reason where, where where that came from. So my background. Um, before I got into copywriting is I would write plays, I would write um, essays. I've been a writer my entire life, right? And I, I used to, when I was younger, I had really low self-esteem about my writing. I was like, you know, I think a lot of writers have that. It's like, well, I can't actually make a living writing. I didn't know anyone who made a living writing when I was, when I was growing up. I didn't know a single professional writer my entire youth. I don't think I met a professional writer until I was in my 20s somewhere, mm. basically. And so the concept that you could even be a writer and make a living never really made any sense to me. And I ended up doing all these temp jobs in my 20s and, and all yeah. that shit before eventually finding this. But I think for me, like my background is in storytelling and I, you know, I used to act and I, I play music a little bit and things like that. And then my dad was a sales guy. He died a long time ago, but he was like a pretty hardcore, amazing salesman. And I think somehow what I've done is kind of taken those two things and blended them together. So like this, the Make Him Worship You letter is actually kind of a sequel to my language desire letter from like five or six years ago. And that offer 
I actually uh, launched that offer while I was in Florida. There's a great picture of me sitting there and I'm kind of like fat and fushy looking, uh, wearing a blue t-shirt and there's an IV in my arm and I got my laptop on my lap in front of me in this big chair at the, at the thing. And I'm running the launch for LOD during the actual thing. And it made like half a million dollars its first week. And we did probably $15 million in sales over several years or whatever. But that offer, um, the letter for that that I wrote, um, you know, storytelling has always kind of been the thing that I've seen that's worked the best um, as far as increasing conversions. And so the initial version of that letter opened up with, hi, my name is Kelsey. In the next three minutes, I'm going to teach you an incredible uh, three-word phrase that you can use to make any man sexually addicted to you without even touching him and blah, blah, blah. And I wrote that version of it and I had my now ex and uh, an ex-employee actually read it. And they both came back to me, they're both women. And they both came back to me and said, you know, Chris, I really think you should just start it with the story. That's where it gets good. And the opening line of it was, um, talk dirty to me. He said on my one year, on our one year anniversary, uh, you know, I felt ice in my veins, but fear, uh, what did you want me to do? What do you want me to say? And that offer converted better than anything else I'd ever done. And I'd written many, many sales letters that have been very, very successful over the years. And so that one ran really well for a couple of years, but we kept running into uh, issues with it. You know, for a while there, we were making 500 sales a day on that offer for probably a year. Um, and it did great, but the problem with it was we couldn't really buy a lot of traffic for it. We couldn't really put it on Facebook. We couldn't really get Google to do it because it was a dirty talk offer. It was about how to use a dirty mm. talk, sex stuff. Mm. And so eventually, you know, I, I actually wanted to do a follow-up to that years ago, but then life hit the fan and shit got crazy. But when we actually were kind of coming back and saying, okay, what are we doing next? I was like, you know what? We should just do something that feels like language desire, but that is clean enough that we could actually sell it anywhere. Right. And mm -hmm. so that's where make him worship you came from. And that letter, uh, if you guys want to check out the letter, it's at he will worship you.com. Uh, make him worship you.com was taken. So we have he will worship you.com. And if you want to check out the affiliate site, it's affiliates.hewillworshipyou.com. Mm -hmm. But it took me a while to write that letter. Um, you know, I'm kind of known for being very, very fast when I write and I really am. But for this one, it took me a long time. And I don't know if that's because I was just dealing with the anxiety from my mental my mental illness stuff or what, but it took me like months and months. I, I wrote like this version of it and that version of it and I couldn't get it. And I had all these like crazy stories. I had one version that was just like from the, from Michael Fiore's point of view and another one that was like about this woman who was on vacation in Hawaii and her boyfriend was going to ask her to marry him, but then he like couldn't do it and he dumped her while they were on vacation and it just got too complicated. And so for this one, I just kind of sat down and I was talking to a friend of mine. I'm like, what if I just write based on what I know the anxieties of the women in my market actually are. And so that's where this like line, I'm big on the opening line. The opening line to me is the most important thing. Mm -hmm. That opening line is going to grab them and it's going to make them actually watch the fucking video. Mm -hmm. Right. And it's not about benefit necessarily. Mm -hmm. It's about, um, I guess it's about empathically okay. identifying with them in a way that they cannot even say themselves. Yeah. Right. Like, and so the opening line for that letter is he kissed me like his sister and I knew I was alone again. I knew I'd never stop being alone in the first place. And then it goes on. It's a very simple, to me, it seemed like the simplest thing to write in the world from that point. Cause it was just about a woman saying, Hey, I met this guy. And at first he was super duper into me and he texted me all the time and he was sending me dirty pictures and you know, not dirty pictures, but dirty messages. And he was saying all the right things. And we had all this amazing sex and I thought we were getting closer and closer. And then all of a sudden it died and he disappeared and he pulled away because I know in our market, the number one search term is like, why do guys pull away? Right. Mm -hmm. Why do men pull away? So that's where we did that. Um, and so I just wrote out basically pace by pace and beat by beat what it would be like to be a woman who was in her 40s and had had her heart broken over and over again 
and was fucking sick of it. And so it just talks about how everything died and how she like laid in, laid in bed, like staring at the ceiling at one point, eating a lot of ice cream and wondering what the hell she should do with her life. And then she goes on this journey that introduces her to Michael, Michael Fury and changes everything. And it's actually pretty simple, but it took me a long time to figure it out. Um, but again, like there's very few, the first, I don't know, 10 minutes of that video, I never make a benefit promise at all, right? Mm -hmm. There's nothing in there that says, uh, you're going to have a man worship you at all yeah. until we get to the actual pitch. There's nothing in there that says I'm selling you something. There's nothing in there that uh, I don't think we use the word you, you know, that's a fun, funny thing too. people in copywriting circles. It's like the you orientation, the you orientation. Yeah, yeah. And I agree with that when you're getting into the benefit stuff, right? When you go into the actual um, pitch, then, you know, yeah, it's like, you know, the three word phrase to say to a man to make him fall absolutely and utterly in love with you, even if he'll barely pay attention to you now, uh, say these simple, these seemingly simple words to activate the love flood in his brain that blah, 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 right? Like, that's great. But I find that for the romance aspect of it, the seduction aspect of the letter saying you is actually a little bit too aggressive, right? Mm. Like, and when you go to people and you, I go to you like, Brian, are you sick and tired of being sick and tired or whatever else? Is a little bit of like, well, who the fuck are you and why do you know yeah. things? Yeah. Right? Because like, I know a lot about our market. I know a lot about human psychology. I know a lot about women's psychology in our market particularly. But if I go up there with women and just say all these things that I quote unquote know about them, it gets a little creepy, right? It's like yeah. you're a stalker. <laughs> but if I'm telling a story from, a fir from the um, first person or even the third person, where it's a woman who is going through this, who they can kind of project themselves onto, it's way less aggressive, right? It's way less aggressive and it doesn't, it doesn't scare the rabbit in the same way. It doesn't come across as salesy in the same way. So I think that's why it works. Story, I'm actually giving a speech. I'm a little nervous about it. Um, I'm giving like a 90 minute speech at ClickBank uh, Platinum Summit next month. That's all about how to come up with these stories and how to come up with what I call punched in the gut stories, right? Because I want that um, story to be something that, emotionally wrecks you basically mm. right so that yeah. line that opening line if you say if you like show a woman the line he kissed me like his sister and i knew i was alone again there is an emotional reaction mm. right there just is a lot of guys too are just like what but for women there's an extremely powerful emotional reaction because it, it paces an experience they've had yeah you're connecting directly with that experience yeah and understanding what it's like to be a woman i mean i'm a tall, rich, white guy, right? <laughs> but uh, but I, I think there's a lot of value in taking a step back and thinking like, okay, what would it be like to be, uh, when I'm 210 pounds, what would it be like to be 80 pounds lighter and physically weak and surrounded by these large, hairy, muscular people who you both find really attractive, but are pretty sure are going to kill you at one point. It's a really strange balance, right? Because yeah. like, like, I'm not surrounded by people I find physically frightening every day, but every woman I know is. And mm -hmm. how does that affect your entire view on the world? And then how do you take like the evolutionary aspects of what women want versus what men want, which is a whole other topic and how do you mix that in? Anyway, I'm just babbling now. So there you go. <laughs> now let's uh, for me, it's uh, the furthest thing from battling, you know, all of that was really deep, insightful stuff. And, and you know, probably, you know, you, you described uh, the way that uh, the differences that I noticed in in uh, your uh, your copy from standard copy, if you want to put it that oh, way. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, better, even better than, than, than I could have enunciated them myself. Yeah, I think it's all about like, especially these days, I think there's another thing actually, um, and I'm just brainstorming what I think has kind of set yeah. me apart because I've done very well in this and I've done it yeah. differently than most people. Yeah. Um, I think there's also an entertainment factor. You know, I remember back in the day, 
uh, actually, as we're recording this, it's like Dan Kennedy is on his deathbed or is mm. about to be or something like that. Mm. Um, but I remember back in the day, I don't know if it was Kennedy or Carlton or somebody else, but there was this idea that funny doesn't sell right? This yeah. was a big thing in direct marketing circles back in the day when you would like mail out, you know, direct mail. And even in the earlier days on the internet, funny doesn't sell, funny doesn't sell. Yeah. And I agree with that to a certain degree that funny doesn't sell, but funny does give you the attention you need to actually make yeah. the sale later. And funny bonds people to you. Funny. I'm a pretty funny guy. And I use that as a way to just get to know people and make friends. And I think there's something about that entertainment factor. Like your copy has to actually be engaging in some way. It can be as long as you want, I love, even to this day, there's people that are like, who's going to watch that 45-minute video of yeah, yours? Yeah. I'm like, not you. I don't give a shit if you watch it. I care if your wife watches it. Yeah. <laughs> and she's going to watch it because it's interesting to her. It's not interesting to you. That's fine. It's not supposed to be. Um, but yeah, this is, those are my theories on it. I think I've just brought, um, I think I address copy. Uh, I'm, a, I'm a creative person. And to, in a weird way, I kind of see copy as my, primary creative expression <laughs> these mm. days, which might not be healthy, <laughs> actually, but it is effective. I, I take these things very seriously and I get very um, uh, emotionally invested in my letters. So. Yeah, um, it's interesting because uh, um, uh, Bond and I were speaking at, at dinner uh, tonight about a certain fairly well-known copywriter who, who we were talking about the way that he's, um, this guy is the best of the, the lot of people who kind of take templates and, and create oh, sure, file yeah. copy. And, yeah. and yeah. Uh, you would definitely know who, who this is that we're talking about. We're, I'm sure I do. I think I, think, I think I could probably say the name right now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we, we're, we're just saying that, that, uh, that he was that good, but he'll never, be, uh, he'll never be able to go to the next level because he lacks that creativity. To have yeah, that's like, that's like anything though. That's like uh, play, people that play guitar, people that act, people that whatever else. There is that, I, I hate it, Brian. I hate it. Like I go on Facebook. And I'm not as engaged in Facebook as I used to be for a wide variety of reasons because I, I want to be sane and happy. Yeah, yeah. When people go out there and they're like, if you can write a simple three, three word paragraph, then you can be a copywriter making six <laughs> figures per year. I'm like, fuck you. No, you can't. <laughs> right? Like, and I knew there's yeah. these groups I'm in where there's these people who are newbies and they're posting on there and they're like, they're not even, you can barely understand what they're writing mm. on their post and they're saying I am a copywriter hire me and it's like oftentimes there are people that aren't even from America and, and you can tell that it's not English as their, their primary language but they're trying to get clients in English right mm -hmm. and, you, and you, like, I, I just hate it I mean I, I'm always the guy that kind of shits in people's pajamas about this a little bit I'm like are you going to be able to do it I have no fucking idea it's hard yeah. it's really hard especially yeah. if you want to get to the, the top level yeah. like which is where I've been lucky enough to get in my career. It's fucking hard. It's a knife fight, man. It is a fucking like, you got to go in there and you got to not be afraid of anything and willing to say what you need to say to make the fucking sale. You know, like Carlton used to say, or still does, I suppose, like guns at the head copy, right? Like what would you fucking say if somebody was going to shoot you in the head if you didn't, if you didn't make the sale? Um, and it's not for everybody, man. Not everybody is willing to go to war that way. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So, um, that's that's the uh, that's the other side of what I was talking about. You know, uh, uh, the uh, the ability to be creative the way you are. You know, because yeah. um, this is something that that's uh, been taught out there in a lot of copywriting courses. That you know, you you know, don't be creative. You know, the pioneers yeah. just got shot full of arrows and. And you know, they give lines like that and you just have to use these templates and, and you'll be successful. But that, that will only get you so far, yeah, right? Exactly. Like, like, yeah, I mean, yeah, if you want to be pretty good and if you want to make low six figures a year as a copywriter and if you want to be hustling your ass off to get clients and have to resell your services every month, 
Sure, yeah, just follow the templates, do the thing, you'll be okay, you'll be fine. Mm -hmm. But if you want to be really fucking, if you, if you take pride in what you do, so like for me, what got me to the work, and I'm not as obsessed about this anymore because my personal identity is not tied up in my income or my career as much as it used to be because life kicked me in the balls like 500 times. Yeah. And, and you kind of take a step back and you realize what's more important, right? Yeah. But if you want to be really good, you have to give a shit about being the best. You have to like actually just be like, no, I'm going to fucking do what I have to do to get this done. I'm going to drive as hard as I fucking can. If there's a wall in front of me, I'm going to bash my head against the wall until the wall breaks because my skull's not going to. And you go forward and forward and forward. And that means being creative. That means innovating. That means saying shit that not everybody fucking else is saying. Like I've changed the way I write copy over the years because people started copying me, mm. <laughs> right? Like, that, like I, thought, I mean, I actually saw a letter the other day. I clicked on a piece of spam in my email inbox because it was a, um, the same niche as a letter I wrote years ago. And I found pieces of my copy in that letter. Like I found, specific, I found specific lines that were definitely taken from, like they're the kind of thing where it's like, you did not make up that line. It's yeah, the exact yeah, same yeah, thing yeah. that happened. <laughs> yeah, and like, so it, that, that part sucks. It's actually why I don't speak nearly as often as I used mm -hmm. to. Um, but the upside to it is that it, it forces you to be more agile and to make changes and to, you know, understand people at a real level instead of just knowing the words, you know, it's like understanding people as a human being instead of as a sociopath, because <laughs> like sociopaths don't actually have feelings, but they learn how to study them. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that'll only get you so far. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's the, uh, one of the things that I'm really working on breaking out of that, uh, out of that, uh, you know, swipe file mold and, and really being a lot more creative. I think your letter has really inspired me to do that as well. Oh, thanks. I appreciate that. But largely it's just about, you know, you've been doing this long enough now, you know the structure, right? You know what yeah. happens, you yeah. know what you need, you know that like, okay, we're going to do this, this, and this, and then there's the point of crisis. And then there's the bit where we actually introduce the product and we do some blah, blah, blah. Put your fucking swipe file away and just write, you know, like you, you know what it is, you know what it's supposed to be. What's the worst that's going to happen? You have to go back and make some changes. But the stuff is internal. If you've been doing this for more than a couple of years, the shit should be internalized enough that you don't have to look at it every time. Um, and don't be afraid. It's going to work. Like, I think people get too attached to certain phrases and words and headlines because they think that's what makes the sale. Yeah, the and magic it's, not, words. it's not the magic words. It's the... Um, it's the, the angle, it's the, the ability to understand people emotion, people's emotions. You can say the same thing in 500 different ways and have it work if you actually are just making a actually incisive comment and showing some empathy. Yeah, yeah, that's, uh, that's the problem with all the, all the, uh, the template approaches. I, I love your crea creativity approach. Mm -hmm. um, so uh, what, what advice would you give for a copywriter wanting to break out of that world besides all uh, you know, everything that, that, that we've already talked about. Well, the number one thing I would say, if you want to become a really fucking good copywriter, there's actually a really easy way to do it. Um, it actually reminds me a little bit of, uh, there was this movie The Rock and Kevin Hart were in several years ago, and I never saw the movie, but um, there's an ad for it where The Rock in, is there and Kevin Hart's like meeting The Rock and The Rock used to be a fat kid in high school. And yeah. Kevin Hart's, like, Kevin Hart's like, hey man, hey man, how did you lose all that weight? Yeah. And uh and the rock is like, dude, I just did one thing every single day. It was the easiest thing. I just, I just went to the gym for four hours a day, every day for 20 years. Yeah. And that's all he did. He just did the one thing, right? Um, well, the one thing is uh, put your own balls and money on the line. Like, you know, you want to make money. You want to learn how to be a really good copywriter. You create your own offer and you put your own money on the line and you'll get good. You will get good or you'll fail, right? Yeah. Pretty damn quickly. Uh, and that's what got me to the next level as far. I, I am a much better copywriter. Uh, for having had my own offers than I ever was when I was a freelancer, 
right? When I ever was. And when you own the offer, you have the freedom to be more creative. Nobody's going to hem you in. Nobody's going to be like, hey, you're not allowed yeah. to try that. And so often when we do split tests and such, the thing that wins is totally surprising. I hate it when people, they ask me, they're like, Chris, which one of these uh, headlines do you think is going to win? I'm like, I don't know. I think <laughs> that one. I yeah. think that one, but I may well be wrong. Yeah. Right? Like I might be wrong by a lot. You yeah. just don't know. You just have no fucking idea. Right. You just learn how to get like, you know, vaguely close to the target and then you kind of figure the rest out but yeah doing your own shit is a big way to do it and just like you know don't edit yourself when you're doing it you know smoke some fucking weed and just write what would you write if you had a fucking magic wand and you could not get in trouble legally and nobody was going to judge you ethically right because then people get held mm -hmm. back like that sometimes um what would you write then and just fucking write it write it like pretend you live in a magic fucking unicorn universe where nobody can fucking tell you anything and write the pitch that you would write if you could actually fulfill every promise you could possibly think of if it was absolutely magical if there was no government looking over your shoulder write that and then you can always take it back you can always tamp it down you can always make it um less over the top but you can't take something that's kind of flat and make it exciting you just can't do yeah, it you can't force it no no, that, that, that's that's a great point as well because you know, um, <clears throat> you, copywriters. And I've been through this myself. You know, copywriters can be afraid to sort of take that step into the unknown, where yep. where you know um, something that's not quite by the standard rules of the swipe file copywriting course that you, you bought. To, um, you might you might uh, have uh, to get some egg on your face, but that's the best way to grow as a writer, like you say. Yeah, and don't be scared, man. I mean, I've failed plenty of times. I could tell you, it's so funny because people are like, oh my God, Chris, you're so amazing at this. You've had all these successes. I'm like, yeah, I've had a lot of successes. I've had a good number of failures too, right? Over the years. Yeah. But the key to success is you don't dwell on the failures. You just keep going, right? Mm. Like, you know, you think, think of the authors, you, like Stephen King, right? Stephen King's one of the all-time great authors. Oh. He's, written, he's written quite a few not that great books, yeah. really right? He just yeah. has. He just has. Yeah. It's okay. He'd probably admit the same thing. He's written some books that weren't as good, but he wrote enough of them that we only really focus on the awesome ones. Yeah. Right. So that's cool. So just don't be, don't be afraid to fucking just do the work. Just get the words out there, put it out there, see what happens. You will learn. I promise. Yeah. Yeah. It's one of the, 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 uh, um, the old copywriting lessons, which is, is still valid, you know, just pour out that copy with all your heart, you know, uh, don't edit on the fly and just oh, never, don't, never. Filter, don't edit, don't filter, just put it out there. No run answers. Yep. Don't and, worry about grammar. Don't worry about spelling. Yeah. You know, Gary uh, Halbert, uh, you said that you're hanging out with Bond Halbert and uh, yeah. Bond's dad, Gary, you know, obviously one of the absolute fucking greats of all time. But I read somewhere that what he would do when he was writing, he would just get writing. He would just go and go and go. And if he didn't know what to say, like what your word to use or what example to use, he would just put like absurd stuff in the letter. So he'd be like, okay, I need a testimonial here. But I'd, instead he would say the flamingo danced upon the head of a pin while laughing gaily in the night, blah, blah, blah. So that when you're like reading the copy later, it'd be like, well, that's obviously not what's supposed to be there. <laughs> right? And it would kind of force you to stop and then, you know, mm -hmm. do the work and make the changes that you need but your first draft like don't fucking i mean sometimes when i'm writing i turn off the fucking computer monitor right yeah like just turn off the monitor and type and just let it out or close your eyes or you know do whatever and don't like don't worry about what it looks like or what it's going to be just fucking get it on the page you know good copy is fast good copy has um in my opinion velocity to it you know, it's got to have that just like it's coming at you um, and it's exciting and, and dragging you in. And I, I always like, I know full well, 
I know if a letter is going to convert or not uh, while I'm writing it, right? And I'll tell you, do you want to know what the secret is to whether it's going to convert or not that you know when you're writing it? You want to know? Is it fast? Is it easy? Are the words flowing, right? If you're stopping and you're having to think every two minutes about what you're doing, it's not going to be any good. I promise you. Did I lose you? I think I lost you. Oh, no. Oh, no, Brian, I lost you. I am the host now. Hello, can you hear me? Hello, yes, you're back. Hi. Uh, yeah. Okay. All right. So, sorry about that, Chris. Uh, you no were talking about a good copy has velocity. Yeah, well, yeah I guess I, I said some amazing stuff too before the uh, before the yeah, computer yeah. out there for me. Yeah, no, a... yeah. I mean, like in my opinion, like you know, it's going to be good or not when you're writing it because if it's going to be good, it's it's at that moment it's easy to write right? Like you're just kind of going, the words are kind of flowing some, it feels good in the moment. If you're sitting there and you're having to struggle after every fucking line, you haven't actually done the, the work you need to do yet. And the work you need to do at that point is you have to go back and figure out what you're fucking trying to say in your letter, right? Yeah. And so I can think a lot of people, they don't, you know, like you said, Brian, what, what is your sales letter about? A lot of people will answer, well, it's about selling the product and you're full of shit. It's not, it's not about selling the product at all. It's about getting people engaged and creating the emotions that you need to create so that when they finally hear your pitch, they're kind of prepped to, to accept it. And that means it has to say something in some way. It has to make um, some kind of statement about what's going on in the world. Like, you know, our, my old text, the romance back letter, um, I don't write in that particular style of letter anymore because it's much more of an educational style as opposed to a, um, a storytelling style. But that letter, when you ask what it's about, fundamentally, it's not really about uh, buy this product. It's not even about, you know, uh, here's the text messages you need to learn in order to get people to, you know, have more romance in your life. It's about why text messages are such an amazing way to bring the romance back into your relationship, yeah. right? That's what that letter is about. And then I use the, that bridge. I educate them, or what I used to call it is uh, teaching them to be your customer, right? So you're establishing what they need to accept and understand about the world, what they need to believe. 
in order for buying the product to be the next thing that they kind of need to do, right? So if a customer is watching that video and is like, okay, well, I've accepted that text messages are the way that I'm going to get this guy to actually give me the romance that I want so much. Well, then obviously the thing they need to do is buy the text messages I have, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, do you think a lot of, uh, uh, a lot of copywriters are afraid to sort of take that step out and, uh, Oh yeah. Yeah. Most copywriters are terrified. Terrified. Yeah. How, how did it get over that for you? Uh, man, for me, um, well being crazy probably helped, um, cause I wasn't really afraid to talk to anybody. Yeah. But a lot of it was for me, like, you know, back in the day, I'm 42 years old now. I started doing this when I was 27, 26, something like that. I'm old. Um, but largely it's just about being willing to fucking talk to people and realizing that other people are just human beings. I remember going to a ClickBank thing nine years ago, something like that. And I was speaking at it and, uh, it was after I'd started my business and I remember going to the bar and like, you know, all of the entrepreneurs and the people that have own offers and things like that are over at the bar getting drunk. And then like 40 feet away over in a corner by themselves are all the copywriters right? And there's like five or six of them. They're all kind of like huddled together. They're talking about copy and they're terrified to talk to anybody. And I'm like, dude, you know, step one, get good at writing copies. Step two, you got to fucking network. You got to be willing to go talk. You got to be willing to go to the strip club, right? And be the guy who gets drunk in the bar. That's where the business comes from. Mm. It's not even about like when I would go to conferences and such, I wouldn't go there trying to find clients. I'd go there trying to build relationships and be somebody who's memorable, mm. right? So that when somebody thinks, hey, I met that Chris guy, he's a copywriter, let's go check it out. Um, yeah, but I think a lot of copywriters are terrified because, you know, we're writers. Like, you know, what do we do? We hide in our offices by ourselves and put on our headphones and, and type this stuff out all alone all day. Uh, it is not a, a profession that kind of drags the most um, social people into it. But yeah, you got to be yeah. one to put yourself out there and just be like, hey, I'm, I, uh, it, it helped that I used to be much more narcissistic because of my bipolar stuff because I was very willing to walk out there and be like, I am so awesome. <laughs> uh, now I try to be a little more humble about it. Yeah, unless, yeah. Unless somebody's yeah. asking me on a podcast because, hey. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm definitely asking and, mm -hmm. and I'm getting the right answers so far. So cool. Pretty good so far. Um, is there anything else that uh, – um, <clears throat> that that uh, copywriters should be doing to um, you know, write that sort of copy that uh, that really connects with people the way yours does? Well, talk to people, you know, like read books on screenwriting. I read these books called the Save the Cat books. Unfortunately, the author died um, pretty young. I think he was in his 40s or early 50s. But those are great. Those are all about storytelling and, and you know, the hero's journey and stuff like that. Um, you know, write characters, like write actual creative shit instead of just writing copy all the time. Mm. Uh, go onto forums and go into Reddit and like listen to the people who are addressing the problem that you're, you're dealing with and don't take them at fucking face value, right? It's almost like, you know, if you want to, you want to have a real fun experiment, go to a Reddit or a forum full of people that you politically disagree with rather vehemently, right? <laughs> So they could be Trump supporters, they could be Hillary supporters, they could be hippies, they could be, you know, whatever, whatever it is. I don't care, like, you know, whoever you hate, basically, yeah. right? We live in a culture of hate at this point. Mm. And go there and read the state, read what people are saying. And you'll see a lot of people who are really mad and who are talking about, you know, brown people taking over the world and blah, 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 all that stuff. And instead of reacting to that, like, oh my God, these people are evil, how can they, you know, gender neutral bathrooms or the sign of the apocalypse, whatever, 
try to fucking sit there and empathize with them and read what is really going on behind the scenes. Because when you look at people being hateful, they're actually scared, mm. right? When you look at people being hateful, they're actually scared. People that are racists, you know, full on racists are usually terrified because they see the world passing them by. They don't have any opportunity right? They're poor. Their entire world has been taken over by fucking opiates and things like that. And they are terrified and they are scared. And all they want in the world is to feel a little bit of fucking power. And that comes out through what looks to the rest of us like hate, but they're not bad people, right? Like if you think that's the thing too, I something I've worked on in my life is like, try not to be judgmental, but also realize there aren't bad people. They're coming from a place where they are actually trying to do what is right and doing what they think is morally right. You can just, you can disagree with them. I disagree with all sorts of people uh, rather vehemently even, yeah. but being able to kind of read behind the scenes of what's actually going on when somebody's writing in, in this way and, and attacking somebody or just talking about what they're going through or when they're talking about, you know, in my niche, if you find somebody who is um, complaining about how their husband or their boyfriend doesn't treat them the way that she wants to be treated. What is she actually trying to say? What is, what is happening to her? Where is that disappointment coming from? You know, because it's never about anybody else. It's always about the person who's actually writing. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, that makes, that makes a lot of sense because it, again, it's about that connection. It's about understanding people, you know, um, instead of just and realizing, and like, and again, don't make, you know, it's not their fault. Like copy one-on-one, it's not their yeah. fault. Yeah. And show that you understand them. Show that they, you know, everybody thinks they've been dealt a bad hand. Everybody thinks the world is unfair to them, but fair to everybody else. Here's a hint. It's unfair to fucking everybody. <laughs> right. <laughs> like yeah. I actually talked to a friend of mine about that the other day. He uh, deals with some, some mental uh, health stuff of his own. And he was doing some things that were a really bad idea. And I was like, buddy, here's the deal. Life is unfair. You don't get to do those things. Everybody else does. You don't deal with it, right? Sorry. Oh no, I don't get to be a jockey because I'm 210 pounds. It happens. It's not that big of a deal. Um, anyway, yeah, man, it's just about empathizing with people and, and, and learning to, I don't want to be, I am not a hippy dippy person, but uh, loving them, you know, like figuring out what do I love about this person and where are they coming from? And if it was a fucking eight-year-old who was going through this, what I, wouldn't I want to give them a hug as opposed to telling them they're a fucking asshole? Yeah. <laughs> Isn't that yeah, what I, I would want to do? People are scared. People are desperate. Yeah. And when in marketing, all we're doing is we're selling hope. You know? mm. hope, mm. hope can cost whatever you want it wanted to, but that's all we're selling. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so um, I love that. Uh, you're definitely a genius of copywriting. So how, how can people get find out to, about uh, about you and what you're doing. So the main thing, um, you know, I'm, I'm slowly starting to get back into this whole marketing world. If people are interested, I might, I get into people asking me about this occasionally, but I might start doing some speaking in the copywriting world or even create a product or something if there's interest. Um, though I've been out of this stuff for so long, who fucking yeah. knows this or not at this point. Um, the main thing I'm working on right now is just I'm getting this new offer out the door. My uh, Make Him Worship You offer. You know, we're doing a couple hundred sales a day on our own traffic right now. We're slowly starting to build up the affiliate base for that. We're actually uh, purposely um, limiting the number of affiliates that we have right now. Yeah. We have it set up for whitelist only yeah. because I just don't want random assholes promoting this stuff and ruining our brand. And I want the offer to be controlled. So 
If you want to check that out, if you are somebody who feels like you might be able to promote, uh, or you just want to learn from me, and if you want to kind of learn how we do these things, if you go to affiliates.hewillworshipyou.com, you'll get to the page where I pitch kind of the offer, and you can sign up for our, to be an affiliate, you can sign up for our affiliate mailing list. You can also go to, uh, I think it's digitalromanceaffiliates.com, and that's the main site for the rest of our offers, because we have nine or 10 or 11 offers or something. Because for about five years there, I was insanely productive. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome, man. Um, So I'm going to chuck those those links uh, at the bottom of the page. And if you're listening on on iTunes, then go to... um, affiliates.hewillworshipyou.com. That was, that was, yeah, that, yeah, that'll get you there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, uh, what was the other one? Digital Romance? Oh, yeah. Digital Romance Affiliates. Uh, I think it's, let me just, let me just pipe it, type it into the box here. Yeah. Make, uh, that I actually have that URL. Wow. So many URLs. Yeah. Digital Romance Yeah. Yeah. So if you're listening on iTunes, go to those pages now. I strongly recommend that because, uh, um, uh, you know, uh, Chris, I have seen your, your copy in action and, and it, mm-hmm. uh, it really, uh, it's some of, some of the best that, that I've seen, um, the, the affiliate swipes as well and all the tools that you, that you give everyone to promote. So that's, uh, uh that's, uh, um, a really great opportunity to anyone who, who could promote those products and, and yeah, that, yeah, I'm happy with uh, uh, by, byproduct of that, you get to uh, witness the kind of, of a copy that, uh, that is really converting. Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, I, I like, uh, I'm happy it's doing well. And I like, uh, I like innovating this stuff. I like thinking of new ways to do these things that aren't the exact same crap that you see every time. <laughs> uh, and I think it makes it stand out, you know, like how many, uh, how many ads that say, uh, what the fuck is that the way I see? Um, game of Thrones fans are freaking out about this game. Like you see those exact same strike, but again, that's a structure, right? And it works to a certain degree until people get kind of jaded from it where it's like, Hey, I've seen this exact same clickbait headline yeah. 5,000 times. By the way, my sales letters now, we don't even do headlines anymore. Half the time mm. we just mm. get rid of, we just get rid of those because it turns out for a lot of the videos we're doing, it actually does better just going right into the video. Yeah. Yeah. makes a lot of sense. When you start the video off as well as you do, mm. um, you just leave with that. Well, thank you very much. Yeah. yeah thank um, you. Sure. So cool. Anything else? I mean, I think that's, that was fun. So no, that, that, was, that was really valuable. Um, cool. uh, one of the, the best calls we've had so far. So I really pray you should appreciate you sharing all that stuff. Yeah. Um, again, hey, I'll, uh, I'll share. So if, if you had somebody like Carlton or Paris Ampropolis or David Deutsch or Garfinkel or anybody else on, can you call them and tell them that my call was better with that? Yeah, that? I will do. Well, I've had Garf and, and, uh, yeah. and David Deutsch on. And yeah, you call them up and you just say, wow, Chris's call was so much better. <laughs> well, well, I've got John Carlton to agree to, uh, to come on now. So, um, so I'll, ha- I'll have to I'll let, let him know the bar set very high. Yeah, you do that. You do that. You just say, hey, man, hey, man, John, you know, we, we want you to bring it because Chris just is so amazing. So amazing. And so <laughs> humble, too. So incredibly <laughs> humble. So amazing. Yeah. All right. Thank I'm you, man. Cool. No problem, buddy. Sure. Take care. Thank you for listening to Geniuses of Copywriting with Brian Casagina. To get the full transcript and all the resources mentioned on today's show, go to www.geniusesofcopywriting.com now.